You are listening to the CMC Podcast. Join us each week for messages designed to equip, inspire, and motivate. And now for today's message from Pastor Tim Brooks. We always want to take time to welcome all of those who are joining us on all of our many social media outlets. We're glad to have you. I think Paul just gave me the numbers last Sunday that heard our vision Sunday was some 4,700 people that joined us online last week for just our service. So thank you for joining us. We pray God's blessings on you as you fill yourself and feed yourself through all of our media outlets. Well, last week we had Vision Sunday, what we talk about as Vision Sunday, where we lay out our, our new year in the direction that we're going this year. Uh, I want to make sure if you're a member here and you missed last Sunday that you go back and hear that. I want to make sure that you hear last Sunday's message. But today I want to pick up right where we left off. And the title of today's message is Understanding the kingdom of God. I want to make sure before we dive into this year that we have an understanding of what this is about. We've all heard, if you've been a Christian for any time at all, you've heard the phrase the kingdom of God. If you've read the Bible at all, you've read the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. We're familiar with that phrase, but what is it? I mean, what is it? Last week we read Acts. One three during the forty days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles and proved to him he was actually alive, and he talked to them about the kingdom of God. And he was only here forty days, forty days after his resurrection, before his ascension into heaven. And what consumed his thinking was the kingdom of God. That's what was first on his mind. Then in Matthew six thirty three, seek first the kingdom of God. Well, it would be who us to figure this out. We probably ought to make this a priority for our year. What is the kingdom of God? What, what is it that Jesus so focused on? What is it that he told us to seek first? Well, what is that? I want to begin our year's pursuit by an understanding of the kingdom of God. I've studied and studied and read and read and read and studied. And I continue to look for the most concise definition. Break this down. Give it to me in in one sentence. Tell me what this is. And I want you to write this down because this is the definition we're going to be going with as we understand the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the rule of God over his people. The kingdom of God is the rule of God over his people. The kingdom of God, the rule of God over his people began in the Garden of Eden. With the creation of mankind, God was calling the shots. Life lived here on earth was to be under his rule. Well, wanting to give mankind a choice in the matter, he placed the tree there so that every time they walked by that tree, they were choosing God. So he provided a choice. As we saw in the garden, and as we still see today, people rebel against the rule of God. And when people sin, and that's what sin is, sin is coming out from under, or it's rebelling against God's rule in your life. When mankind, when people, when Adam and Eve came out from under God's rule, well, very, very, very quickly the world came, became a wicked place. 
I mean, a wicked place. I don't know if you've just kind of reading through the Bible. Does it always surprise you that in Genesis chapter 6, God said he's sorry made man? Whoa, it didn't take him long to get enough of us. I'm a good grief. But Genesis chapter 6, he's ready. Okay, uh, uh, let it start raining. Now, we got to have a redo here. And we read about chapter 6, 7, and 8, the flood. And God's starting over with Noah. But here's the problem. Noah and his family all had the Adamic seed nature of sin passed down to them. And so although we had a restart, we restarted with a sin nature. And so mankind continued to live in a sin nature and life here on this earth was out from under God's rule. So as quickly as Genesis chapter 12, God finds a man that has, is full of faith, a great man of faith, a man that is living life under God's rule, and God comes down to Abram and cuts a covenant with him and says, you be my people, I'll be your God, and God got him a group of, and he said, your descendants, I mean, you're going to be able to count them, your descendants is going to be who I use to bring my kingdom on this earth, that you'll be the people that I work through to bring my presence into this earth. And, and those people were called the Hebrew. They came to be called Hebrews. They came to be called Israelites. They came to be called Jewish people. But that is the descendants of Abraham. And, and those were the people that God was going to use. Now, as we read in the Old Testament, it was all types and shadows, examples, as he was preparing us for life in the new covenant. So we were seeing, wait, God wants a group of people that are set apart, that are his, for him to bring his kingdom on earth through. So that's what he was showing us through this group of people. And then we read under the new covenant where Abraham's descendants, we've been adopted into that family. Now that's us. That's us that he wants to bring his will and his purpose through. But as we read the Old Testament, we see how this all began to unfold. And through 4,000 years of history, the kingdom of God was seen as a literal physical ruling. Well, it had to be a literal physical ruling because there was no realm of the spirit. Nobody had been born again. So until we were born again, God dealt with us in the natural and in the physical. So he was trying to reveal spiritual truth to us, but he had to do it through physical means because everybody was spiritually dead at that time. So it was seen as a physical ruling on earth. So God takes this group of people into the what we call the promised land, a land of blessings. That's where we live today. We're living in the promised land. It's a place in the realm of the spirit, but he showed us this in the realm of the physical he takes his people in the promised land and they start whipping out the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Jezebites, the Amorites, the Hivites. They're driving out wickedness. They're driving out ungodliness and they're setting up the rule of God. The kingdom of God then was overseen by King Saul, by King David, by King Solomon, and then other descendants of Abraham oversaw the ruling of God's people. Well, wasn't long before God's people got wicked. They got sideways. So God is going to bring in judgment on God's people. That's what happens whenever you get out from under the will of God. And the prophet said, you guys better get it together. You better get it together. And we're reading Jeremiah, the Babylonians come in and overthrow God's people and put a whooping on them. 
Then the Assyrian world empire comes in. Then we read about the Persian world empire coming in. And then the fourth world empire was the Roman world empire. All of this time, God's people are believing God to set them back up as ruling and reigning in this world and for them to rule in the kingdom of God. But God used four different world empires and the life events that they lived to teach them in the natural examples of how life was gonna be in the realm of the spirit. The empire that was ruling was the Roman empire. The Roman empire was running the world. And an angel appeared to a young girl named Mary. Wasn't long, a man named John the Baptist appears. Repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. So excitement, anticipation begins to build. A Messiah's coming, a Messiah's coming. Some shepherds, some wise men, they start reading about this Messiah. We got to go find this guy. See, this is not a new thought. For centuries, through four different world empires, rabbis had been teaching. Prophets had been prophesying, a Messiah is coming, a Messiah is coming. But their idea was to overthrow the, world, the Roman Empire and set us back up as running this kingdom, running the kingdom on earth. We're going to be the governors of this thing. And so we were looking for a Messiah. Here comes Jesus. What do you think? You know, we saw a star. We came and followed him. What, okay, hold on. Whoa, whoa. Blind people start seeing. Lepers start getting healed. What? Are you kidding me? A couple of fish and chips here, and we done, we done fed 5,000 people, 12 baskets. What? No, no, no. You got to be kidding. He's out here walking on water. Yeah, he's the guy. Wait a minute. Storm raging. Be still. That's him. I mean, that, are you kidding me? Lazarus, come out of that tomb. I'm with you, man. It's no surprise that the mother of two of the disciples said, look, I, I got this figured out. When you're running the kingdom, what about my two boys? One of them on your right, one of them on your left. You know, if y'all get in a bind, I'm, you know, I could pitch in, help you run this kingdom. Uh, we know what you're about to do. We get... Jesus spends three years teaching the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. It's just right over their head. Judas gets tired of waiting. Look, we've done seen this guy walk on water. Uh, okay, no, no, no. The Roman Empire, doesn't, they don't have a cannon big enough to take our leader out. Judas is going to force his hand. Let's get our swords. Set us up. I'm tired of jacking around with this. I want to be on the throne. Let's roll. God's people the Hebrews, the Israelites, the Jews, were so full of a preconceived idea. A preconceived idea, they could not, they would not, they did not listen to my kingdom is not of this world. Jesus was not talking about a place in the physical. The physical place was an example, it was a type, it was a shadow of a spiritual realm of dimension that is coming on this earth. We've got a new, we've got a new realm of dimension, an old covenant going to, the new covenant, we've got a new era with God where God's kingdom comes in and rules in the heart of a person. 
I'm talking about a realm in the spirit that you live in. Jesus continues to talk about the heart, the condition of the heart. Jesus continues to say, you've heard the law say, but I say, and he turns it to the heart. He turns it to the heart. And he's trying to bring them to understand what life under this new covenant was going to be like. When we read Jesus saying, Isaiah 61, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he's anointed me. Jesus stands up and saying, today this is fulfilled. It's not the preconceived idea that they had. John 6, they just saw Jesus feed 5,000 people. Acts chapter 1. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking, Lord, is it time? Lord, is it time? Is it time? Are you going to set Israel free and restore our kingdom? Is it time? So they keep on asking that. John chapter 18. Jesus' words to Pilate. My kingship is not of this world. Mark chapter 12. Come on, guys, give to Caesar what Caesar's. I'm not talking about Caesar. I'm not talking about a throne on earth. I'm not talking about, give to Caesar what Caesar's. I'm talking about what belongs to God. What part of you, let, let Caesar handle widening the road and the speed limit and, and let, let Caesar handle that. I want to talk to you about what belongs to God. Jesus had no intention of setting up a literal, physical kingdom. Regardless of my kingdom is not of this world. Regardless of give to Caesar what Caesar's you got. This all went in one ear, right out the other. Yeah, 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 okay, okay. But we saw you feed those people. Yeah, I, okay, yeah. We saw you walk on that water. Let's go. Come on, let's go. It's time for us to overthrow the Roman Empire and set us back. Jesus, for three years, did everything he could to teach about a place in the Spirit, a place with God that's within you where you are under God's rule, where, where your emotions are not in control of you anymore. There, your, your temper is not in control. Well, that's good and help myself. I just flew off the handle. Yeah, there's a place you can live where your temper is not in control of you. That's good and help it, Tim. I'm just so depressed. But there's a place in the spirit where your depression ain't the boss. See, your, your mood is not in control of you. See, your anxiety is not in control. Your fear, your worry, your there is a place that you can live out from under that control. It's what Jesus taught about. It's not about overthrowing the Roman rule. It's about overthrowing your carnal nature. There's a place that you can live where you, as just like you did, you ran out the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Jezebites and you controlled that region. What you can do now in the realm of the spirit is you can run out fear, you can run out worry, you can run out hate, you can run out bitterness and you can be in control of that region in your life. There's a place where you can live Jesus brought us a life to be lived in the kingdom of God. It's living your life under God's rule in your life.
there is no doubt that you were born this way. Well, these are, this is just my natural born tendencies. I don't argue that and I don't doubt that at all. You have natural tendencies to this predisposition. I've got natural tendencies to whip you. I get it. You've got natural tendencies to do this. I got natural tendencies to... This don't suit me right now. Here's my natural tendency. But the good news of the kingdom of God is you don't live under the way you were born. Well, I just feel like it. Well, it's my inner drive. I get all of that. But we're talking about living life under the rule and reign of God, not under the way you were born. And that's what Jesus was all about. It's not about loving everybody. It's about a change in lords in your life. There is a lordship that changes. There is a kingship in your life that changes. They couldn't get it. And Jesus' crucifixion on the cross, wasn't the Messiah they were looking for. He done went and got himself killed. That, that's not the way this thing is supposed to end. We're supposed to overthrow the Roman Empire. What? On the, what? You, what? And when the veil of the temple, remember there was a veil that separated all of mankind from the presence of God. And only the priests could go in there and they only did that once a year. You, you, see, there was a separation. Man didn't have a relationship with God. And whenever Jesus bowed his head and said it was finished, and that veil was torn, not from the bottom but to the top, the veil was torn from the top to the bottom, we had, a, we had to rethink this thing. We had to re, wait just a minute. See, we had to rethink this thing. And for, yeah, let me just tell you, these folks that are all into this racial deal today and the division in our country, you ain't got a clue. You should have read about the racial division between the Jews and the Gentiles. You should, well, they, I'm telling you, you think we got race problems. We don't have no race problems compared to them. Now, I'm talking about there was a racial divide. And you know what Jesus said? I mean, y'all remember him pulling up Water for, for, with a Samaritan. Now, what are you doing talking to that person? Well, you know, we don't talk to those kind of people. See, you're talking about a racial divide. And Jesus said, they're, they're, wait a minute, there ain't no more Jew and, and Gentile. Your skin color don't make any difference to God. Your skin color don't make any difference to any of us. All oh, the women and they've been under this and the women's rights and we're, you ought to read the Bible. When that veil tore, when Jesus ushered in the new kingdom, there's no difference in men and women. We're not to make a differentiation between male, female, what color your skin is, what color my skin is. See, all of that is done away with. There are no decisions any longer based on skin color. The decision is all who confess with their mouth and believe in their heart They enter into a citizenship in the kingdom of God and you are blind to racial issues. You're blind to gender issues. You're blind because we are all a citizen of the kingdom of God. And we as Christians become one with one another 
It's a new level of life under a new king. Today, the kingdom of God and the understanding of what we're going to be talking about this year is very, very difficult for the American Christian to get a hold of. This is not going to be an easy undertaking for us here in America. Now, I'm just going to tell you, when you talk about Jesus forgiving sins, I am all in. When you talk about Jesus washing away my past and giving me a brand new start, I am both hands in. I'm in. Buddy, I'll run to the altar. I'll repeat whatever you want me to repeat. I am 100% in. Count me in. Everybody's in for that. I am in. I'll repeat whatever you want to pray. As long as you can forgive me and as long as I can have a brand new start, I'm good. But the concept of I am now crucified with Christ. See, the preachers don't want to preach that because they don't build a big crowd. Just come down here. We're not going to judge you by your past. Well, I don't care whatever hell you've done in your past. You can just be brand new. Come on down. I'm coming to that church. But when the preacher opens up the... Now you're crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, you're still alive, but it's no longer you that live. Oh, I got, we got to quit preaching that. That don't draw a crowd. I ain't in for not none of that. I'm signing up for a brand new start. I ain't signing up for no crucifixion. We don't relate to that in America, not at all, because we are not a country that is under a king. Here is the problem, and we're going to address this, with the American Christian's understanding of the kingdom of God. We in here, for those of us who have been raised in America, we've been raised our life, our parents' life, our grandparents' life, our great-grandparents' life, under a republic form of government. And a republic form of government is a form of government which is empowered. The power is held by the people and their elected representatives. A republic is a form of government where the citizens have supreme power and they exercise that power by voting. A republic form of government, citizens have supreme power and they vote in and they vote out based on what I want. I hear the candidates, I want this candidate, so I vote for this idea. I want this ideology, so I vote for this ideology. And we do not have any relationship. We don't relate to living life under a king because we've been raised in a republic. And today's Christian has asked Jesus in their heart, you go around and what's it, like 80-something percent of America is, oh, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. Everybody wants to ask Jesus in their heart and get, get a brand new start. I don't want my wife mad at me about what I've done. I want a brand new start. See, you have to forgive me. My boss has to forgive me. My kids have to forgive me. Everybody's got to forgive me. I do. Man, we're in to say in a confessed prayer. We're, we're all about that. But given over the supreme power of my life, I decide what's right and wrong for me.
and I will vote God in and I will vote God out as I see fit to. And it's Friday night and I vote God out. I'm out with my buddies and I vote God out. My parents just found out what I did, I'm voting God in. (laughs) See, in a republic, the majority through voting, through expressing their desires, establish the law. The American Christian with a republic form of government on how life works, today thinks that the majority, that the culture, the majority of the culture establishes right and wrong. See, the, today's Christian in America believes that, well, Tim, the majority, well, Tim, you're not where the culture is today. What you don't understand is, I'm not in a republic where it comes to God. Well, Tim, you are just out of step with culture today. I get that where life in a republic is concerned. But what God has called us to do is live life. Are y'all understanding this? Am I making this clear? See, same-sex marriage is okay with God because that's where our culture is today. See, kids need to grow up and choose their own gender. And that, Tim, that's where the majority is today. And we're going to allow our kids, we're not painting a pink room. We're not going to paint a blue room. We're going to let them grow up. And whenever they become teenagers, then they can decide whether they want to paint their room pink or blue. That's not our choice. That's their choice. That's where America is. And it's okay with God. See, because we are so conditioned in our thinking to how life works under a republic form of government, and we're gonna have to come to understand the kingdom of God and the form of government that operates there. Well, Tim, who are you to judge me? Well, Tim, I personally believe. Well, Tim, you have your beliefs, I have my beliefs. You're missing, I get that, in a republic. But what we've been called to as Christians to live under the kingdom of God. I I, I agree 100% with you. I get that. Except for we have come out of the kingdom of darkness and now we are living in the kingdom of life and there is a king that is rule of me. And the truth is, I don't care what you do. Well, Tim, who are you to judge me? I'm not judging you because, buddy, I don't care. You can just do whatever you want to do. But here's what I'm telling you. There's a king that we're under, and he does care. He cares greatly. And I'm not never going to tell our young people what you want to do is okay when God says he hates that. When Jesus said... And this is one of the, probably the biggest insights into the kingdom of God. When Jesus said, Father, let this cup pass from me. He didn't want to do that. You got to understand, he didn't, that's not what he wanted. That's not what he felt like doing. And that's not what his friends were doing. Well, everybody, not everybody was doing this. Father, let this cup pass from me. My friends aren't doing this. I don't want to do this. This isn't where I am. Nevertheless, okay, help me out. Nevertheless, what did he say? Not my will, 
but your will be done. If we just took that one scenario out of the Bible, we could live, we could live our whole life understanding the kingdom of God. That one example right there, I don't want to do this, my friends ain't doing it, this isn't popular at school, nobody wants to, but nevertheless, now, see, Jesus showed us what life in the kingdom was all about. And he said, seek first that life. You seek first, not my will, but yours be done. And when you seek that first, all this other stuff that you wish you had, peace, joy, blessings. have. See, if, if you will seek not my will, but yours be done. If you will seek that first, you look over your shoulder and all this stuff is just going to start coming your way. Blessings, satisfaction, peace, joy, contentment in life. What a tragedy it is when pastors and churches move away from the authority of Scripture Pastor's not teaching the church, I am crucified with Christ. Y'all come forward today, just repeat after me, and your life is going to be wonderful. We do that so we can give big numbers on how many came forward today, how many came forward today, how many came forward today. I'm not interested in how many came forward. I want to know who's going to live in the kingdom of God. Who's going to crucify their self, who's going to deny their self, and who's going to live submitted to not my will, but yours be done. Not my will, but yours be done. The rule of God over his people is the kingdom of God. Remember the definition I gave you. The kingdom of God is the rule of God over his people. It's a new life. And we don't vote God in and vote God out based on what we feel like doing. Now, here's what I want you to know. Here's what I want you to know. A republic form of government is the best form of government in the world. It's the government that the Bible teaches us to have. The Bible doesn't teach us socialism. The Bible doesn't teach us communism. The Bible teaches us, choose out from among, among you, and I go in and show you where our form of government, the, where I get the local, the state, and the federal government is all outlined in Scripture. Our form of government is the best form of government to have because we all know that you vote in good people and money corrupts them. We can't have a king over us because he gets corrupt. We vote in good people, and in no time, they're corrupt. The money's taking them over, so we need to vote them out and vote in another good guy, and he makes it two years before we can vote again, but he went corrupt in six months. So we got to deal with him being corrupt. We vote him out, and we vote another good guy in, and that's the best form of government when mankind is sinful. When mankind has the Adamic sin nature, the best option we got is vote them in and vote them out. And this is the, the, the form of government that the Word of God establishes for a nation to run on. It is a great form of government because people go bad. God don't go bad. God doesn't get corrupt. So he is the ultimate king of kings. He is the ultimate Lord of lords. Because he never is corrupt, he's always just, he's always good, he's always right, he's always there for us, he is ever present in our time of trouble. I am for, 100% I'm for a republic 
form of government where people are concerned. But Jesus called all mankind to a life in the kingdom of God. His mission was not to instruct people to a better way of life. His mission was not a clearer understanding of God. His mission was not to teach us how to be better people, although he did do all that. His mission, his call was a change in your kingdom. Repent for the kingdom of God. See, he called us not to be better people. He called us to change lordships in our life. He called us to change kingdoms in our life. That's why Matthew 13 says the kingdom is like a pearl of great price. Sell all you have and get it. The kingdom is like a man got to leave his mother and his father and go for it. The kingdom, Matthew 6, it's, it's worth gouging out an eye and cutting off a hand if that's going to keep you out of the kingdom. The kingdom is everything to us. As a matter of fact, you need to seek it first. You need to seek it first. Oh, church, 2022 is going to be a huge year for the members of this church because we're going to learn this year in 2022 how to physically live in a republic form of government but how to spiritually understand we're not in a republic form of government. We submit to God and his word. And he has the final authority in our life. We are living our life in his kingdom under his rule. And here's what I'm going to tell you. You're in store for a change in your life. Blessings, happiness, joy, a longing for fulfillment, a free from guilt, a free from worry. This year is going to be a life-changing year for our church as we begin to walk in and experience life in the kingdom of God. Y'all stand. Lord, today we're grateful for the provisions that you've made for us. Thank you for adopting us Thank you for giving us access into this kingdom. And Lord, today, we roll up our sleeves and we say we're going to enter in. We're going to die to ourselves, and we're going to enter in to the blessings in life that you have for us as a result of living in your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to the CMC Podcast. For more information about CMC, our different conferences, Christian school, college internship, resources, and more, go to cmchurch.com.